Good morning. Good morning. It is Christmas time. Can y'all believe that? So, so we start our new series today, Christmas Playlist. And, and, and as I've been mentioning the last couple weeks, what we're going to do is, is we're going to take a popular song or maybe a song from our past. You know, each of us have those favorite Christmas songs. And what we're going to do is it's actually, if you look at your bulletin, it's actually the name of the sermon. But what we'll also be doing is, is we're going to take time and, and sing that song. And it's, it's actually part of the sermon. It's not part of the worship because most of the songs we're going to do over these four weeks are not considered worship songs. So I want you guys to just be able to sit back and, and think of those songs that you would play. I mean, for a lot of us in here, them old vinyl records, you know, we, we, some of us may still have some. Some of us probably wish we still had some. Or the old eight tracks. And, and, you know, we had those songs that we played over and over at Christmas time. And, and see, there's this running joke with my kids that two things have to happen for it to be Christmas in my house. The first thing is I have to watch a Christmas story. You know, I have to watch Ralphie, You'll Shoot Your Eye Out. Okay, and it's pretty sad that even to this day, me and my son watch it together in different places because we'll call each other up and we'll be like, okay, are you watching it? Ready, go. And we'll actually watch it together while separate from each other and be texting each other, you know, because we've seen it so many times we could probably be the characters in it because we know all the lines. But the second thing is I got to hear the boss. I got to hear Bruce Springsteen sing Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And it's not because I like the song. It's because he like sings it to the same tune as Born in the USA. And it's just funny to listen to. And then I get to screaming like he does. And, and it's just fun. I do want to let you know that none of these songs are going to be a Bruce Springsteen song. So go ahead and relax, sit back. But with that being said, what I want to do is this week's Christmas playlist song is from 1963. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's Christmas playlist. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle bellin' and everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the Those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the happiest season of all. There'll be parties for hosting marshmallows, the toasting and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories, tales of the glories of Christmas is long, long ago. Wonderful time of the year. There'll be much 
I said, you know, we're, we're, we're taking these songs, and, and it's songs from the past, and, and you think about this song. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Now, it's funny because I'm sitting back and I'm seeing all it, everyone sing this song, and it's amazing how we know all the words, but it's not a worship song. It's not a Christian song, but we know the words, right? But now I do have a question as we sit back and we, we look at this and we look at this song is, what happens when Christmas time doesn't line up with the song? What happens when it's not the most wonderful time of the year? What happens when life gets hard? What happens when we actually go through different things or we have struggles in our life and we sit here and we look and we say, you know, uh, I'm not going to be singing. There's not going to be marshmallows roasting. I don't have friends or parties to go to. Is it really the most wonderful time of the year? See, because there are people, and you may be in this room or online, who this is a tough season. Christmas is not always easy. But yet we'll try and sing these songs and say, hey, it is the most wonderful time of the year. But even when we look into God's word, Christmas time wasn't always wonderful. Sometimes there was hard things to do. And, and as we look at this, we need to even remember for ourselves that encountering Jesus gives us the believer strength in difficulty. Jesus is our strength and difficulty. We, we get that, and it gives us a reason to actually celebrate the season, even when it might be tough. And, you know, when we look, at the, <clears throat> look into the Word, and even we'll see it today, that even Mary and Joseph faced adversity. They faced adversity in their life, but, but they had this faith that came from Jesus. They had this faith, they had this hope in who Jesus was and, and what he was going to do. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1. Going to be in verses 18 through 25. And what I want you to understand is 
you know, thinking of that song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. As we dig into God's word, is this really for Mary and Joseph the most wonderful time of the year? So let's dig in. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to make Mary to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. So, Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, and as we look at this most wonderful time of the year, Lord, open up our eyes to see what it is you want us to see. Open our ears that we may hear your voice. And Lord, that when we leave here today, we can truly have that hope in you. And may my words be your words, and may your name be glorified. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So here in this scripture, Matthew 1, 18 through 25, we, we actually see Jesus' birth, and it's kind of focused on Joseph's experience. It's from the angle of what Joseph is dealing with and what he's doing. And we see that Mary was pledged to Joseph or they were engaged. And, and we also learn that Mary was pregnant and it wasn't Joseph's child. And, and I'm sure at that point, as we see, Joseph was, you know, looking to, hey, I don't want to embarrass her. I don't want to, you know, make this big public thing go on. You know, I'll just divorce her secretly and go on with my life, and, and instead of doing that, the angel of the Lord interceded and actually told him what to do, and, and you may be thinking, well, wait, pastor, they were just engaged. Why would they need a divorce? Well, back in biblical times, a divorce actually would have been necessary because the engagement process is a whole lot different then than it is today. <clears throat> Basically, what would happen is, is at the beginning of that pledging or the beginning of the engagement, which was normally arranged by the, uh, by the groom's parents. So it was this arranged marriage. And at the time of the arrangement of the marriage, there would be documentation put together. And even um, as the paperwork was put together, it, it was actually witnessed and signed. So in order to actually get out of the engagement, it actually required like getting a divorce. A whole lot different than today when you can just say, here, here's the ring back. I don't want to marry you. Or, hey, I don't want to marry you and I'm keeping the ring. <laughs> you know, but, but so it was a whole lot different back then. So the actual having to 
do the formal divorce would have actually had to happen. But we see that Joseph has his dream and he's given these steps on what he's required to do. You know, understand that it's not an ordinary baby. This is no ordinary baby inside Mary. This is from the Holy Spirit and this baby is going to save your people from their sins. Imagine the weight on Joseph at that point in time. Not only the weight, but imagine the stress. Can you imagine being told, hey, your fiance is pregnant. It's not your baby, but it's from the Holy Spirit. And that baby that you're going to be the father to is going to save the world. That'd be a whole lot of stress. I don't think it would be the most wonderful time of the year. I think it would be the most stressful time of the year. Oh, and then, and then on top of it, besides all of this going on of, hey, I, she's my fiance. Yeah, she's pregnant. I'm going to honor it. I'm going to marry her because the angel came to me, and I'm going to do what's right. And, and my family may think I'm kind of crazy, and my friends are probably looking at me like I'm senile, but I'm going to do what's right because that's what God called me to do. So you figure he's got all this family and friend pressure. Well, where were they located? And who was in control? They were in, at the time, in Judah, they were actually, and in Jerusalem, they were being controlled by the Roman government. So not only did he have all this personal pressure on him, he also had political and physical stress points on his life. And if you go to Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7, it kind of gives us some more backstory. And it says this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census to take place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea, in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because she had no guest room available for them. So think about this. Politically speaking, Israel was under Roman control. So now... They got this, they got to go and do a census and understand the Roman powers and their gods were in control. So, so being this constant tension had to be going on between what the Romans who ruled wanted and what the Jewish people were trying to live. You know, when we get this government starting to tell us what to do or what we can and can't do, it causes this friction that goes on. And there was a lot of friction back in the biblical time between the Romans and the Jews as far as religious ideals and expectations. So they require these registration, and Joseph and Mary now have to take this long trek to go to Judea. And Mary's in her third trimester. Now think about that for a second. For all the moms and dads and grandparents in the house, how many of y'all want to take a three, 
four-day trip, maybe longer, with your spouse who's in the third trimester of pregnancy, besides all the bathroom breaks? Yeah, th think about that. Do you really want to? And then being a wife in her third trimester, do you really want to take a road trip? So think of the stress that's going on in both of their lives, and guess what? They had to do it. They were being told, you need to go to the census. You have to take this. So they literally had to take this trip that literally took weeks at a time. They had to bring clothing. They had to bring food and water, all of these supplies so that they could eat and drink and keep warm. Oh, and, and like I said, Mary was in her third trimester, so they probably had to stop a lot. And I'm sure there was a whole lot of complaining. Does it sound like it's the most wonderful time of the year? I think it was probably a little stressful at this time of the year. And, and, and on top of it, you know, we're, we're looking at this and understand there's a challenge. There, there's a challenge that goes with this, and, and they were faithful to what God called them to do. And we can only presume how stressful it really was, how challenging and how not so wonderful the time was. But the Savior of the world was born. Understand, God does not deter his plans because of the difficulties in your life. His plans are going to play out, whether we have difficulties or not. And Mary and Joseph had a clear and bold path and calling from God. God called them to it. They were bold. They were obedient. They did what God called them to do, even with all the stress in the world and everything going on around them. They were obedient to do what the Lord called them to do. And, and I think we need to understand that each of us have experienced as a, as a believer a life-altering change in our life. The day we accept Jesus in our life, we get that life-altering change. And, and for some, it takes longer than others. But there's still a change inside of us. And, and as we try and walk and as we try and be obedient, even in stressful situations, we still have hope. We, we still have that hope that Jesus is able to give us. We're we still able to go on and, and do what we're called to do. But I think it's interesting, the song that we, they sang, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, was written back in 1963. In 1963, the pressure to make Christmas a happy time was huge. But yet here we are 60 years later. And think about the pressure to make Christmas the most wonderful time of the year. It's supposed to be happy. It's supposed to be joyful. You're supposed to do all these things. It's supposed to be great. The family comes together and everyone has a good time. And then you look on social media and you see all of these people who are just looking so perfect. They got the perfect Christmas picture. Even the dogs are in the picture. Yeah, and you're looking at this going, man, my family could never do that. I want to let you know, it, when my family takes a Christmas picture, it will not look like some of those Hallmark cards. It's not going to look like a Hallmark movie because, you know, that's what they want us to believe Christmas should look like, right? It should look like the Hallmark cards with the nice sayings. It should look like all the great Hallmark movies that we watch on TV. But this is real life. 
My family, I'm probably going to be angry. I'm probably going to be holding two fingers behind someone's head. Probably have a baby crying because you can't get everyone to sit there. And who knows what the dogs are going to be doing. But, but we get this all on social media where people are showing their best life. And then they're showing their beautiful farm-style table with the beautiful artsy setting on it. Let me tell you something. My table in my house has two open spots. The rest of it is where everything ends up. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. You come in, there go your keys, there goes backpack, everything in chairs. I've got two empty chairs, two empty placemats, and the rest of it's got all kinds of stuff on it. And the worst thing is, you know, if I took a picture of that, people would be like, what? But then there'll be people, oh, yeah, hey, mine looks just like that. You know, when, <laughs> there you go, you got someone raising their hand. You know, it, but unfortunately, what do we show on social media? We show our best. We show the best sides of stuff where we Photoshop and we, maybe we remove some wrinkles and whiten our teeth. And, and we want everyone to think that we have this perfect life. And it's Christmas time, so we've got to do everything that's right. We're going to be roasting marshmallows, and we're going to be having a good time, and we're going to be singing and dancing. Is everyone in here going to be singing and dancing and having a good time? Probably not. But here's the reality, and I want you to understand. It's okay not to be okay during Christmas time. Let me say that again so the people in the back can hear it. It's okay not to be okay during Christmas time. Because understand, there are people who it is not okay during Christmas time. There are people out here in our lives, and I've run into it myself, where you've recently lost a loved one. So it's your first Christmas without them. Well, maybe you got a diagnosis from a doctor, and that's what's on your mind, and Christmas really, hey, I know it's Christmas, but I'm worried about this. Or, man, you know, I just recently lost my job. There's so many stresses in this world today and, and that we get so caught up on it. And, and then we start to realize that, man, the kids are all out of the house. What about all of these traditions? What about, you know, we always did Christmas Eve together and now the kids are gone. Or, hey, we always did this on Christmas morning and it's gone. And, and now you got to try and refigure out life and and maybe figure out new traditions. And maybe your loss is, well, me and this person always did this together. And now the two of you can't do that together. Maybe it's time to start making new traditions or to do something different. But also we need to understand that it's okay to not be okay. It is truly okay to not be okay. Because every one of us go through it. Every one of us in this room, everyone online, everyone in the world, even though they may not show it, have a time when they have to go through it. And it's not the most wonderful time of the year. It's a struggle. It's tough. And, and we, you know, you, you, unfortunately, you see these people going on these epic excursions. They're going skiing. They're, they're having hot cocoa. Or they're taking these great vacations down to the islands. And, and everything looks so happy and and you're just like, this is crazy. Well, guess what? Most of it is a facade. Because what do we do on social media? We show our best. What do we do for other people? We show our best sides. You know, some people just try and, hey, I just need to get away. 
And, and that ability to just get away is so that they're not sitting alone in a corner someplace just wanting to be alone. Because there's times during these holidays where you got to go to holiday parties and it's the last thing you want to do. Man, I just want to go sit in the corner. I just want to be alone. Lord, I know I got hope in you, but my life's tough right now. It's not the most wonderful time of the year. And, and I want to encourage you and understand that you're not alone. There's a host of reasons why it can be difficult around Christmas, whether it's loss, poverty, loneliness, depression, anxiety. And, and a lot of you guys know I, I've been working in um, getting my certification to become a crisis intervention counselor. And I actually came across something that uh, a medical director of the National Alliance of Mental Illness, his name's Ken Duckworth, he said, holidays are a great example of expectations exceeding reality for most people. And he goes on, he says this, idolized images sold to people about what the holidays look like and how they should feel do not always align with family dynamics, the circumstances of people's lives, or the other stressors they may face. Not everyone can afford to put presents under the tree. Many families don't have all the people they love reunited around the fire. Is that a reality check? How many of us feel exactly like that? But then what do we do? It's Christmas time. Put on a smile. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Now, you know, we may not go around singing like Oscar the Grouch, I hate Christmas. Sometimes we may think it. But I think what we really got to do is remember what the reason for the season is. It's not about the holiday parties. It's not about roasting marshmallows. It's not about all of that. It's about Jesus coming to earth to willingly come here so that he can live a perfect life and die for each one of our sins. That's what the season is for. Now, unfortunately, in today's world, most of the people out there are going to look at Christmas as what? Man, I get some extra time off from work. I get some time off for work. Man, I get some presents. I, I'm going to get some money and gift cards. And man, I can be happy and joyful because I'm getting all this me, 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 me stuff. But that's not what the season's actually for. The reason for the season is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus' birthday. The birth of Jesus is what we celebrate, and that's what should give us as believers that hope and joy in these times that are tough. When it's not the most wonderful time of the year, if we actually look at the reason for the season, we can have that hope. But understand, even as a Christ follower, it's okay not to be okay. Because many times as Christ followers, people think, oh, well, well, you just don't have enough faith. If someone ever tells you you don't have enough faith when you're going through something, punch them dead in their nose and tell them, Pastor told me to do that. Because it's not a valid answer. Because you don't know how much faith somebody has. And let me tell you, when you're going through it, faith is what helps you get through it but you're still going to have hard times. It's going to be tough. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. I will tell you the difference between a believer and a non-believer when it comes to going through crisis and going through bad situations is Jesus Christ makes a difference. 
because we do have that hope. We know that in the end, in Revelation 21, that we're going to be with God. There will be no more tears. There will be no more aches, no more pains, no more nothing. We will spend eternity with our Heavenly Father. And that's the hope that we have to live on. Even when it's okay not to be okay, we still have that hope. We still have a future, and he still has a plan for our life. Now, now as we look at today, we got to remember, Mary and Joseph, through everything they were going through, were obedient to what God called them to do. And I think that's where that difference comes in. When it's not the most wonderful time of the year, are you actually being obedient to what God called you to do? Are you doing what he calls you to do and continue to move forward? And yes, it might not feel right. But we need to be obedient. Because through Mary and Joseph's obedience, Jesus came into this world. Mary was obedient to say, okay. Joseph was obedient to say, okay. Knowing that his bride... His fiance was pregnant. Most of the men in this room right now would have been like, see ya. Adios. Hey, I'm a believer, but I really don't believe the Holy Spirit planted that baby in you. His faith in what the angel told him. The faith in what God's word tells us is what we need to live off of each and every day. That's what's going to give us that hope. That's what's going to give us the joy to be able to go forward when it's not okay. When, when life is tough. We, we can lean on the promises in God's word to do what he called us to do. And like I said, I mean, some of y'all may be in this room agreeing with, man, pastor, I need to hear that. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to have to wear a mask to a family party. It's okay if, you know, hey, I know this is what we always did, but it's time for a new tradition. It's okay just to be able to sit there and cry. It's okay to show emotions. It's okay. God's going to be right there by your side. He's, his word says he will never leave you or forsake you. So he's going to be by your side, and you can have that hope and that joy. But now here's the other side of it. You may be sitting in this room and you may be the only hope that someone sees. You may have a family member, you may have a coworker, or a friend or just someone that you run into that they're not having a good Christmas. It's not the most wonderful time of the year. And you may be the light that God uses to give them hope. And I want to encourage you during this time of the year, if you know somebody who's going through something. Whether they're a member of the church or they're a member of your family, next door neighbor, it could be anyone. All of us know someone who's going through something. Take time between now and Christmas and spend time with that person. Take time to be there for them, listen to them, encourage them. Sometimes the best encouragement you can give it's just to sit there and listen. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. But most of us use our mouth more than we use our ears. 
Actually take the time and, and listen to someone's hurting during this Christmas season and, and, and it's not the most wonderful time of the year. Listen to them and show them the hope that we have from Jesus. And, and be that salt and light in their, in their world that during this Christmas season that they can understand what the most wonderful time of the year is. That, that they can come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That they can take those steps to get out of the, the darkness that's in their life and come walking into the light. God can use every one of us. He uses every situation we've ever been through to help with somebody else. And, and if you're the one, hey man, I'm just not feeling it, Pastor, it's okay. Come and see me. We can sit and we can talk and we can pray and, and I'll, I'll tell you about the hope I have in Jesus and, and we can talk about, you know, how I've gotten through things in the past. And we can dig into his word and, and you can see how he's going to help you through it. But it's okay not to be okay. Remember that. It is okay not to be okay. Don't listen to what the world's going to tell you. Don't worry if your picture doesn't look like everyone else's pictures and it doesn't look like that family Christmas card you get in the mail. It's a facade. It's not really what's happening in the world, and we all know that because the world is a bad place. What's going on in the world shouldn't be going on. But we need to remember where our hope comes from. And remember that our encountering Jesus gives us as the believer that strength and difficulty. It gives us that ability to move forward in our life. And it gives us a reason to celebrate the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. That's why we come here and that's why we do what we do. And even in today's scripture, you can see Mary and Joseph faced adversity. But they found that hope in Jesus. They found the hope in knowing that, hey, this child is from the Holy Spirit and he is going to remove the sins from this world. He's going to remove your sins. Think about the sins in your life. All your past sins. You got sins you haven't even done yet. He came to this world to die on a cross exactly for that. As we go into this Christmas time, it is the most wonderful time of the year. It truly is. We may not always feel it. We may not always be singing and roasting marshmallows and, and going to parties. But man, we got Jesus. We got our Lord and Savior who came into this world to die on a cross for us. To forgive us all of our sins. All of your sins. For some of us, that's a lot. Man, we look back and we're like, wow. For others, it's like, well, I just had little sins, some little white lies here and there. But man, for some of us, the lifestyle that lived in the past, he gave up a lot. And, and as we go in this season and, 
And maybe you're sitting here saying, well, that's good, Pastor. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And, and, and I know you talk about he, he died for my sins and, and all of my sins, but, Pastor, you don't know me. You're absolutely right. But he does. And, and, and in his word, he even said, we are all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So you're in good company. Guess what? Look to the person to your right or left. They're a sinner too. So you're in the right place because we're all sinners, to include me. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us in this room, church online, all of us. But yet God loved you enough that he sent his only son to die on the cross for you. And his word says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's where that hope and joy come from. When you ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior over your life and you truly believe that he came to this earth, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on a cross on Calvary, and rose again, you get to spend eternity with him when you make him the Lord of your life. It's not always the most wonderful time of the year. That will make it the most wonderful time of the year. That's that hope, that's that joy, that's everything you feel inside of you. He gives you just by asking him into your life so if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life you can lock it down today God's word says today is the day of salvation so no sense putting off tomorrow what you can do today during the final song you can come up front and I'll be standing off to the side and we can talk about it pray about it and welcome you to our messed up jacked up family because each one of us is messed up every one of us is jacked up but boy every one of us is loved and thank God he loves us. Thank God he loves us. And maybe you're back there and you're like, you know, Pastor, you, you, you're you right. I'm not okay. I know it's only the beginning of December and Christmas is coming, but I'm dreading it. I'm dreading it. There's so many things I'm going to miss. Uh, I, I, I'm going to miss this in my life or, you know, I... I can't afford presents. I, I can't do this. I can't, you know, I, I just can't, Pastor. Well, that's okay. It's okay to not be okay. And just, you can do it right where you're at, or you can come up here to the altar and, and give it to God. Let him know, hey, it ain't, Lord, it ain't the most wonderful time of the year for me. But give me the strength. Give me the hope. Give me the joy that I need to make it through this season because he is the reason for the season. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and, and Lord, as we start this series in Christmas playlist and, and Lord, uh, you know, it's the most wonderful time of the year we expect it to be because we're, the season is about you. You are the reason for the season. But Lord, we get so caught up in this world and we get so caught up in, in stuff and junk and everything else. Lord, help us to see 
that you are the reason for the season. It's not about what we see on social media. It's not about what, what other people have to say. Lord, sometimes we're just not okay. But Lord, we know we can rely on you for our strength. We know we can rely on you for our hope. So Lord, I just ask if there's anyone here today, Lord, that, that it's not okay with them. That Lord, that they will make that move. That, that they will come to you, give it to you, knowing that you will never leave us or forsake us. And Lord, that our focus will be on you this season so that we can have that hope. The hope in our resurrected King. The hope in our future with you. And Lord, make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. You can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, Give My Life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.